Hi guys, welcome back to the Soul Fire Podcast. My name is Anna Richards and I'm so excited to be doing this. The goal of this podcast is for every time you come on and listen, that you leave encouraged, being drawn back into intimacy with Jesus and back to the foot of the cross and at his feet. So today I'm here with one of my best friends, Jesse Furrow. Hi everyone. And today we're going to talk about intimacy and what it really looks like to walk in the secret place and be intimate with Jesus where nothing else matters. So Jesse, what do you think was a pivotal moment in your life where you fully understand what it meant to be intimate with the Lord? Yeah. um... I went on a mission trip after my freshman year of high school and we had a training camp and we were required to spend like two hours of quiet time every day. And we didn't have our phones. I didn't know anybody going in. Um, And we were camping in the middle of nowhere in Wisconsin. And it was during that week that my heart was fully opened up to intimacy with him, and it became everything for me. Yeah. So what would you say to someone that's listening um, that is looking and thinking like, okay, like how, what does that look like for me? Like if I want to get to that place of, I fully know the Lord's voice, I fully know what it's like to be in close relationship with Jesus, how would you answer that for someone? Yeah. First of all... It's important to remember he's a person, and it's not complicated. It's just like getting to know another person. He's a person, and he's always with you. He's always sitting on the edge of his seat waiting to spend time with you and commune with you. Um, At first, it does start with a little discipline because we're distracted by so many things. We have so many things going on in our life, and to get really still and quiet before him and start to get to know him does take a little bit of discipline, but then it eventually just becomes a part of who you are and you can't wait to spend time with him or give up things or fast or do other things to get more of him. So it just becomes a part of who you are. And um, the Bible says that man lives not by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And you truly, your heart truly begins to learn that his word is your food and his nearness is your everything. And he becomes literally everything for you. That's so good. And I think something we have this misconception of is like, oh, we look at like working out or we look at going to a job or these things where it's like, okay, like even if we don't want to do it, we got to push through and we got to push through and do it. Right. And we look at that with like so many simple life things, but it's almost like we have this idea of, oh, when it comes to Jesus, we don't want to have this like, oh, I have to be disciplined. I just need to feel like and be motivated or be drawn into intimacy every single time. But I think um, discipline is the first starting root of it and then from there becomes the hunger for it right because you you hunger and you feed on what you desire the most and so when you create the habit of spending time with the lord and pushing through that right and it's also our the bible says like it's a battle against uh, like your spirit right like it's against your flesh and your spirit constantly and your flesh is not going to want to spend time with the lord right because of living in a fallen and sinful sinful world your flesh does not want to spend time with jesus it does not want to do that wants to go in the world and fall into things so I think a huge part is pushing past that and saying, no, I value and I know that my purpose and my I was made to be in relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so it has to start with discipline. And as you discipline, your hunger grows for what you feed on. And from there it becomes, oh, it's just like a desire now, right? And like you hear so many people like, oh, that workout. And they're like, oh, yeah, now that I'm disciplined, it's like I can't imagine a day without, without going in. It's the same thing with Jesus. It's like just like you said, like, if he is our living water and our daily bread, it's not just this like, oh, like, let me spend time with you for 15 minutes, Lord, and hopefully that'll get me through the day, right? I mean, if you're expecting to eat, oh, one salad a week and hope that you like lose weight, right? Like it, it doesn't work like that. And the same thing with the Lord is like, you get out just as much as you put in. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing about Jesus is he changes who you are and he changes everything about you. Back to your original design. Um And it's easy for people to just hide behind activity. And getting to know Jesus really does involve being still. And I think people are scared too because once things really get quiet, that's when what everything is below the surface actually starts to come up. Um, But then he cleans out the house and he fills it with everything of himself and the treasures of his heart and the mysteries of the kingdom. And yeah, it literally changes who you are. Like components inside of you shift. There's actually a term in biology called epigenetics and it's about how 
the choices we repeatedly make, our genes actually express differently. And then that affects the genes that our kids inherit in generations on. So, you know, you're talking about wanting freedom and or wanting to be more humble, wanting to be more selfless, wanting to be more like Jesus, bear more fruit. That doesn't involve any striving or effort. It literally just involves spending time with him. And the more time you spend with him, I believe it actually changes things inside of you. And then that literally affects generations, which is crazy. Yeah, that's, so, that's so true. And it's, I think we have this almost formula because we're, we're just so built by that in society is like this step, this step, this step equals this. But there's no like formula. Yeah, we have the Bible and the word of God that tells us what to do and the righteous way of living. But it's not this formula of like, oh, if you read your Bible this X amount of days or this many chapters or journal this much or listen to this much worship music, then you'll be this close with the Lord, right? And like just a lie and what a beat down too is for everyone that's listening is like, you are already brought near by the blood. Yeah. Like that's the whole purpose of, of God sending us on Jesus is that we weren't in connection with him and God chose, he's like, I desire connection. I made connection for my people so much so that I'm sending my only son. And so because of Jesus' blood and because of him dying on the cross, the Bible says that we are brought near by the blood, right? So we are already near to him, but it's like, imagine if everyone was standing on a line and Jesus was on the other side and like we're all at the same playing field, right? Like, cause we're all brought near by the blood. But if one person's standing here, not really talking to Jesus or getting to know him, ask him questions, yet there's a person over here talking to him, getting to know him, still on the same line, so that you've, uh, even playing field, but one person's talking to him and getting to know him versus the other. It doesn't change the nearness or like you're more than this or you're less than this person. It's how much are you actually desiring and looking at the man who's standing right in front of you. And we just have this idea of like, oh, when we when we fall into sin or when, oh, it's been a few days or a few weeks that we haven't spent time with the Lord that he just like walked away. But it's us that walked away. It's, yeah, who moved? You did, right? And it's like we turn our ears off and our eyes off. And there's this idea the Lord told me this is of like people always say, oh, like I just can't hear the Lord right now. Or I don't know what he's saying. Or, oh, the, the teacher's quiet during the test. But I'd like to like rebuttal that and say that's not true at all. Like... I would argue that the Lord is constantly speaking and it's a matter of if are we tuning our ears into that radio station of hearing the Lord because if he made everything, if he created you, like if everything, the Bible says that every good thing comes from him, comes from above. And so that means there's no good thing apart from him. So he's in everything. It's just a matter of like, are you changing your eyes and are you tuning your ear into what he's saying and what he's doing in your life? Like there's so many prayers that have been answered that we don't realize have been answered because we weren't paying attention enough a lot of people they'll encounter god or get on this spiritual high and then they wonder like what happened afterwards and it's really our responsibility you know relationship is two-sided to keep that flame burning and burnout like really doesn't exist with intimacy the flame is always burning brighter and brighter the more you spend time with him and the oil is always dripping more and more. Um, yeah, backsliding doesn't really exist with intimacy because just the more spend time you spend with him, the more you look like him and smell like him. And yeah, um, and God like publicly touching someone is great, but it's so that they would be drawn into the secret place with him and into that private time with him. Um, and those things are great. The public touches are great, but the whole point is to fall in love with him. And he is the reward. He's the only reward. He's so generous and he's so good and he loves to give us so many gifts and things. But at the end of the day, he is truly the greatest reward and it's just for him. Yeah, it's so good. And I think literally just what, of what you said and my favorite thing that I always talk to people about is Second Corinthians 2 verses 14 and 15 it says but thank god he has made us his captives and continues to lead us along in christ's triumphal procession now he uses us to spread the knowledge of christ everywhere like a sweet perfume our lives are a christ-like fragrance rising up to god but this fragrance is perceived differently by those who are being saved and by those who are perishing mm -hmm. and so with this it's like it literally says like our lives are a christ-like fragrance rising up to god and the lord gave me this crazy revelation last semester when i was spending time with him when i was reading this 
And it's like just what you were saying with like public gatherings, corporate gatherings, right? Like worship nights, church on Sunday, Bible studies, whatever it is, right? Like those are amazing and we need those. That's part of being in the body of Christ and like rejoicing in the Lord and getting to know the Lord and sanctification in that process, right? But the Lord gave me this analogy of like those little like not false things, but not not the fullness of things are like similar to, okay, like deodorant or perfume or cologne, right? Like they make you smell good. Like they create a fragrance of the Lord, like this verse is talking about, right? But it only can last for so long. And how do you get how do you get fully fully clean and fully retaining your fragrance? That's like a, it's a Christ like fragrance rising up to God that it pleases God. Is you you have to get in the shower, right? And you shower by yourself. And so, and in a shower you get fully clean. Like you don't get clean before you get in the shower too, right? Like we have this, just this fleshly mindset of like, okay, like let me get myself together before I go meet with the King of Kings. Or it's like, no, 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 like you don't make yourself clean before you get in the shower. Plus, how are you going to make yourself clean without taking a shower, right? And so pure fragrance and pure like that term of smelling like Jesus comes from getting in the shower and getting fully clean because yeah, deodorant and cologne or perfume in, in comparison, like that would be equal to um, public gatherings. Those are great, but it doesn't get you fully clean. And Matthew 6, 6 talks about what, when you pray, go into a room by yourself and close the door behind you and pray to your father who's in secret and your father who sees you in secret will reward you in public. And um, not that we do it for the reward at all, because just like you said, like he is the reward. And then it gets really exciting because then you just do all of life with Jesus <laughs> and you build history with him. Like I have more memories with him than I do with anybody else. Like he's been there for everything. And, you know, he's our bridegroom. I would encourage if you're listening, read the Song of Songs in the Passion Translation, um, especially if you want to understand your identity as the bride of Christ and just like how he actually feels about you. Um, it's insane. And it's it's so cool. Like, ever since knowing Jesus and starting to build history with him since I was 15, I've been able to actually become, like, my most authentic self mm. because I know how he's created me because I've come into tune with my creator. Yeah. Like, he knows me better than I know myself. He knows me more than anybody else, even myself. And it's like, you mentioned this earlier, but, like, we were all made with this thing called an original design, right, of, like, the Lord, like, when he was forming us in our mother's womb, right, it talks about that in Psalm 139, um, he had this original plan of, like, like for you, like, oh, Jessie's going to be this way, she's going to look like this, have this personality, she's going to accomplish these things, walk in this calling, and throughout time, the world and society and sin and just living in a fallen world and the voice of the enemy comes and cons- contorts our, our original design that the Lord made us for, and no wonder we get in the spot of, like, wow, who, who even am I? Because you've experienced trauma, you've walked in sin, you've um, just had this like haze over your eyes of like, you don't even know who you are anymore. And like something so powerful, like just, just for people that are listening is like, it's a little challenge. Is like when you get into your secret place with the Lord, grab a pen and a piece of paper and say, Lord, what is my original design? How did you originally create me? And he'll tell you. And like, if you're like, oh, I don't know, like, I don't know if I hear the voice of the Lord. My favorite thing is go read John 10. It talks about how sheep know their shepherd's voice. And like you, if you're a follower of Christ, you're his sheep. And like Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. And so you know his voice and don't doubt it and just sit there. And the first things that come into your mind, like write them down. And it's like this special intimacy with the Lord of like, wow, like, you care about me so so much, Jesus, that you have intended this purpose for me and you want to restore that. And like, you can do that with him. And Jesse, you mentioned this earlier, but it's like, we have these formulas at church of like, go to this Bible study, go to this counselor, take this medicine, take da-da-da, and you can get free from this sin or this thought pattern or this anxiousness and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, it's almost like we're trying to fix something that wasn't even broken in the first place. Because all of that gets restored in the secret place. We just want to like add things to him and add things like, oh, it's Jesus plus counseling. Yeah, it's like you're just making him like the Lord spoke to me at one time when I used to walk through anxiety was he was like, Anna, you're saying that I'm your helper, not your healer. 
right? Like he isn't just some addition, like he is everything. Like the, you know, the cheesy little quote, like Jesus plus nothing equals everything, but it's so true. It's like, as you get to know him and like, like I said earlier, like what you put in is what you get out. And so if, yeah, like reflect like so many times where I'm like frustrated or I find myself being tempted by old sin or then I I reflect and I go, what does my secret place look like? oh yeah, okay, I, I'd spent 10 minutes praying before bed or, oh, I prioritized that hangout over this, right? And it's like sins and caring about what other people think of you, fear of man, like all that just fades the more you're intimate with Jesus and the more you invite the Holy Spirit to move your steps and be a part of every step in your day. Yeah, absolutely. He's literally the kindest man I've ever met and... The more time you just spend locked eyes with him, the less you care about what anyone thinks of you maintaining relevance in the world's eyes or trying to prove yourself to anyone. And he just, he makes your sleep so rich. Like you sleep so deeply. You just enjoy life and people so deeply. I one time heard someone talk about how without Jesus, everyone wants freedom, joy, peace life um but we cannot even know the fullness of these things unless we know the author and truly like getting to know jesus and him becoming my actual first lover my first love and keeping that flame burning has changed everything for me the way i view everything myself people life yeah and the christian life is so easy people just love to black and white it or um again like you said formulas some mentors of mine say we aren't supposed to eat from the tree of knowledge and good and evil but we're supposed to eat from the tree of life Mm -hmm. and he's just so he's so relational he's so intimate he's so detailed and we just get to do life with him and he just teaches us Mm -hmm. and it's so great I asked um, people this question on my Instagram story a few weeks ago, but I said, what does God desire most from us? And I got two answers. One I would get was our obedience, and another one was was connection with us or being in personal relationship with us, right? And I look at that and I go, oh, yeah, obedience, of course, right? But if you look at, like, a earthly relationship between a a parent and a child, like, if the one thing they desired was just obedience, what kind of connection is that, right? It's just this, like— you put, you do, I tell you to do this, you do this back, cool, we're good, right? And it's like, yes, like, of course, like, the Lord wants us to obey, right? Because all sin, when you look at sin from the perspective of it separates us from God, then it creates this whole other mindset on it of like, oh, I don't want to sin because it, it separates me from my maker. Um, but I think the response that's, that is so true is that God's desire, what does it, what do you, what does he desire most out of us? And it is connection because you look at the very beginning when he created Adam and Eve, like God, Jesus and the Holy Spirit, like Trinity, they didn't need us. Like they didn't need humans. Like they're fine. They're God. Like they're, you know, he's the king of kings. And, but he was like, I so desperately want to live in, in relationship with people that I'm going to create these two people. So from the very beginning, and like, if you walk through the first, first accounts of creation, it literally talks about how like God spoke to them, God spoke to, and you could just notice like, oh, connection, connection, that was God being personal. And from the very beginning, his goal was connection. Like we were made for his glory. Like we were made for him. And we have that mindset of like, oh, what's my purpose? What's my calling? Like, your calling isn't, Stephanie Gretzinger talks about this all the time, but she's like, your calling isn't the stage. Your calling isn't a pastoral role. Your calling isn't to be a parent. Your calling is to whatever, fill in the blank. Yeah, like those are great. And like the Lord has destined specific plans for your life, but your calling point blank period is connection with him and intimacy with him. Because it's, yes, yes. He is the reward. (laughs) It just comes down to that. It's like, he is the reward. And, like, you see all throughout scriptures, like, it started with connection and all the Old Testament with the Israelites and, and God saying, obey this and walk through these sin rituals. Like, what was it for? Just so he could, like, boss people around? No, it was like, I so desperately want to walk with you and be in connection with you. And you can even see, like, I'm just being reminded right now by the Lord of, like, with Moses, right, where they're about to walk out and, like, start their journey to the promised land. And Moses goes, God, I'm not leaving unless you go with me. And so you almost see in that moment in scripture where it's like, 
Moses knew what he was made for so much so that he was like, I can't go without the one thing I was intended for. His love isn't just this nice idea. So many people that grow up Christian, like, you know, like, oh, I know Jesus loves me. And, but every, or even just, oh, I'm supposed to have peace right now. I'm supposed to trust in the Lord with all my heart, lean on my understanding. So people are like, it's just so hard to believe what the Bible says and like it actually be real for me. But these things aren't just a nice idea. The promises the Bible has isn't just a nice idea. His love isn't just a nice idea. It's meant to be tangible and palpable and real and experienced. Like he speaks to your heart and intimacy in this language that nobody else could ever even begin to put words to. He shows you colors that nobody else could ever replicate. And the world is so, the world is so incredibly hungry for a love that even the most intense of human love could never measure up to. They're hungry for a supernatural and otherworldly type of love. And we as believers, yes, you can be saved and, you know, know Jesus died on the cross for your sins, but to actually become one with the one who is love, you actually get to co-labor with him and partner with him and he clothes you in his love and you get to carry that supernatural love to the world around you. And that's when you really, that's, he just really touches people's hearts and actually being one with him, not having all the knowledge or the Christian resume or even just relevance in cultural Christianity. No, people want someone who is one with the creator so that when they talk to people, the way they do life, the way they speak, the way they look at people, they are touched by a love that could never be strived up to in this world. And I think even just what I was saying previously is like, yeah, like, I mean, you see it in the beginning of, in creation, like from the very beginning, um, God's purpose was a connection. And then it's all the Old Testament, God trying to restore his connection with his people, with his chosen people, the Israelites, right? And then God's like, dang, this isn't working. Like what else do I have to do? And so that's when he sends Jesus down. And when you, when you get that mindset of it, it wasn't like, oh man, like my people messed up. So I guess I got to send the perfect sacrifice. It was, what's the whole desire and purpose behind that was God was like, I so desperately want to be back into connection and personal relationship with my people that I have to send my only son. And so, like I said earlier, it was like, we were brought near by his blood is because there were so many sacrifices and specific things they had to do in the old Testament and like how to go into this tabernacle. And, you know, you could read that on your own, but, um, none of it worked like the in Hebrews talks about the blood of the goats and the lambs and the bulls didn't work so he had to send someone else right and Jesus was the perfect sacrificial lamb and because of his death and resurrection like we can now have personal relationship with him and well on earth we can right and like what's the ultimate goal like Jesus is coming back for his bride right and like he's coming back for his bride and like we are in full personal relationship with him now but like the whole purpose of heaven, like when we die and we go to heaven one day, is connection. Like it all, like we will be worshiping for all of eternity and getting to know him and, and slowly uncovering the mysteries of God. Like <clears throat> I saw this quote one time and it was like, if you don't enjoy worshiping now, how are you going to do that for as your eternal destiny to worship the Lord? Um, and that's just a heart check of like, and again, going straight back to what we said at the very beginning is like, you hunger for what you feed on. And so, like, the more you feed on the Word of God, the more you feed on intimacy, the more you'll hunger it and hunger it and just can't get enough because He is everything and there's so much to know about Him. Like, we're so incapable of understanding Him, and I think that's so beautiful because it just shows, like, how desperately in need we are for Him. Um, and, yeah, and, like, this, this scripture gets brought up a ton, but John 15 for it says, Remain in me and I will remain in you, for a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Like that very end, like, from a, for apart from me, you can do nothing. It's like, oh, from apart from me, you can kind of accomplish things. Like, no, like, literally nothing. Like, if we are not abiding, we're just some dead branch on the side of the road that, like, yeah, it looks like a branch. It looks cool, but it has no life to it. It has no production to it, right? you like, oh, fruits of the spirit, like love, joy, peace, you know, all the nine of, all nine of them. It's like, how do I obtain that? Or what you were saying of like, 
I just need to trust God or I need to be more peaceful. Okay, well, if you want to do that, what does your secret place look like? Because fruit comes from abiding. And so like if you're not abiding it in the tree and you're not being the branch and being connected to the vine, then of course you're not going to produce those fruits. Um, yeah, and then even in John 17, it says, I pray, John 17, 21, it says, I pray that they will all be one just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. And John 17 is all about us, literally praying for us the same unification that the Father and Son have. Like, that's crazy. Like, it literally says, like, um, yeah, it literally says back in a little bit in verse 11, it says, Now I'm departing from the world. They are staying in this world, but I'm coming to you. Holy Father, you have given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name so that they will be united just as we are. So Jesus, our intercessor, is literally praying, Father, the way we are connected, I want, I desire the same with my people. Like, what an honor. What an honor and privilege to know Jesus in that way. Wow. That's so good. Mm. Um, talking back about when you're talking about he's coming back for his bride. Have you read Revelation? Okay. Yeah. He Jesus takes this really seriously. He talks about the church's first love flame burning out. Like Jesus does not want a loveless bride. He does not want a bride that just does things for him as like an employee you know like he he's just so in love with us and he just uh, and that first love flame has gone out in a lot of churches and among a lot of believers and he takes it very seriously you know there's the passage where he says I never knew you people that did things for him their entire life but they never knew him like when Jesus comes back, I want to like see his face and be like, yeah, like that's familiar, you know, yeah, yeah, familiar. like I know that face. That's so good. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. And I think like, <clears throat> I mean, there's times like Jesse and I always have these conversations of like, oh, I got encountered here. Right. And we just get people. Sometimes people are like, what? <laughs> like, what do you mean you're getting like you can't connect with Jesus in that way. But, like, that's such a lie. Because you can. Like, there, there's no limit to intimacy and connection with him. There is with people on earth because we're imperfect. But if he's a perfect father trying to make connection with his imperfect people, like, through his, his blood isn't just, oh, like, praise God, we have his blood. Like, now our sins are forgiven. No, like, it, it cleanses. It purifies. It restores. And that's what he wants to do with us. And I can't even tell how many times we're, like, and this happened to me literally last week or a week ago today, actually. And I just was rich being and I was like, Lord, I just love you. I just love you. Just like adoring him. And I just get hit. Like it, there's no undescribable feeling. And it's like that wasn't from what worship song was playing. It wasn't w- what the pastor said. It wasn't the people around me. It was me sitting there having an open and available heart and saying, Lord, I give you permission to come into every part of me and to come into my house. Right. Like. He literally come into every room and like we can literally like coming back to that too, like what you just said is like we can give Jesus access to our house, but what parts of your room of the rooms in your house are you not giving access to him? Right. Like what if there's a room of like, oh, there's the room of my trauma with my family or there's a room um, of my sin and like with um, with guys or with girls or my, my sexual past or, oh, there's the sin of when I used to party all the time, like, Lord, I'll, I'll let you come into this friendship, like, come into my finances, come into my school, but, like, that one's too dirty for you or, like, I'm too scared to let you in. And I think when we have this mindset of, like, oh, I don't want Jesus to enter in this room, it's not really in us. It's not really us being, like, oh, that's too dirty or not enough for the Lord. It's a misconception of the Lord's character saying that he's limited to certain extensiveness of trauma or sin when it's like like I look back and I think about um in the Bible David right in Bathsheba like God chose David to be king when he was a little age and like appointed his calling from a young age knowing because God is all-knowing knowing that years down the road that he would fall into sin with Bathsheba right and it's like like the God was not surprised by that God's not surprised by your sin he's not surprised by things you do or trauma you fall into like he knows that's gonna happen and so you have to reframe your idea of 
who God is. I mean, read the Bible. Like the best way to get to know who Jesus is is reading your word and going back to discipline, right? Exactly. And it's like, how can you know his voice if you don't even read his own word, right? And as you do that, like the Holy Spirit just naturally transforms you. And so reframe your thinking. Like if you're listening, like reframe your thinking of, okay, like let me look in scripture and let me remember what he's brought us through. God, God talks about this a lot in the Old Testament of like, do you guys know, like he talks to Israelites and he's like, I bought you, I brought you out of slavery, slavery. Like, did you forget that? <laughs> like you guys are forgetting who I am. Right. And so when we fall back into like habitual sin or we fall back into thought pattern or get out of our routine of intimacy, we get like, oh, okay, gotta like get my resume together. Gotta like get myself together. But going back to what I said is like, a shower makes you clean and you shower by yourself, which all comes and stems from the secret place. He's not surprised by your sin. He's not surprised by your trauma. He still loves you. Like the Bible says, like there's nothing you can do that can separate you from God's love. Intimacy is really just him making his love known to you more and more and more. Your heart comes more and more into tune with the heights and widths and depths of his love. Something that I think of too, when you think of intimacy, is like you, you guys are probably hearing all this that Jesse and I talk about. And you're like, okay, hey, cool. Like, yeah, I feel driven. Like, I want to be so intimate with Jesus, right? Um, and first, gain the mindset. Like, my first, my favorite verse is Galatians 1 10, where it says, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, then I would not be Christ's servant. So that's crazy. I think about that. Like, if you have fear of man or this concept of like, how can I improve people? You're literally not serving God well. Um, and that kind of like fear of man will, will fade. I mean, we all walk through that. Right. But it fades in intimacy. Um, but like I had this mindset of like, how, how, how we were talking about formulas earlier was like, okay, when we get with the Lord, I'm going to like, I used to do this. I had this like religious mindset of like, okay, I'm going to like, I, I'm not even kidding. You. I used to set hour timers. I'm like, okay, I have an hour. And like, I would almost during my day, if I was like, oh shoot, I don't have an hour at the Lord. So if I can't give him a whole hour, then I can't give him any time at all. Um, cause that's just not fair to him. Right. But that's so religious. And like, I had a friend tell me a few months ago, he was like, he was like, I'm learning that it's not quantity of time I spend with the Lord. It's quality time. And like, you can see that with friendships, right? Like I have friends who are like, I've known for years and it's like, we hung out, hung out all the time, but there's no depth cause there's no quote, like it's just surface level fun hangouts. But like someone like you, Jesse, like has become my best friend within the last year. And it's like, because the time we spend together is sometimes short. The quality of it is so incredible because there's such a depth to it. And sort of that, like to the person listening, that's like, how do I be intimate? How do I not make it religious? Okay, you're saying all these things not to do is like, don't make it this formula. Like I remember earlier that like the very beginning of this year, I come back, we move back in to the semester and I'm sitting on my floor reflecting over Christmas break, ready for the next semester of my sophomore year. And I start weeping. I just start crying and journaling to the Lord. And that was one of the most memorable times I had with Jesus because it wasn't like, okay, I'm going to read one chapter. I got to journal this, use this color of pen, like whatever. It was just, it was just me and Jesus. Like it would be so boring, Jesse, if like you and I, like every Tuesday at 3 p.m., like went and met up at GCBC on campus and okay, I'm going to set my timer one hour, three to four, ready? Here we go. Like that'd be so boring. Like if you look at earthly friendships, right? We, oh, let's go and do this off campus or like, let's go do this or let's have a phone call. Like it, it looks different. And, um, not that you have to feel something every time, but the more you're intimate with Jesus, there was a time in my life where like, I could not enter into the secret place without crying. Cause I was not out of like a, oh, I'm sad or like, Lord, I'm scared to spend time with you. It was like, I'm just so in awe of who you are. Not what, not what you've done for me. When you change your mindset of like, oh, like I'm just not in awe of you or like, I don't just love you because of what you did. It's just simply who you are. I think you see that in scripture, like the, the, he, we're so unworthy of being like, we're so filthy, but like he cared about us so much and his whole desire was connection that he sent Jesus to perfect man, lived a perfect life to die for us just so he could be in relationship with us. Um, and yeah, so just don't, for the person listening, like don't get into this mindset of a formula, like someday your time with the Lord is going to look like reading the word and going deep into it and really getting a crazy revelation or just studying scripture. Like we need to know our word or sometimes it'll look like laying on your floor and being silent and saying, Holy Spirit, speak to me and making room for that. And I think that's so important too, as we, um, my friend said this the other day is like, 
we like to we like to hang up on Jesus. We like to ding dong ditch um, our prayers with Jesus, where we go, "Hey Jesus, da, 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 this is going on. All right, see you later." And then we expect the Lord to speak to us, and like, "Oh, I hope I get a sign," or "I hope maybe the pastor says exactly what I'm going through." Is like, yeah, that's great. Like 100%, the Lord speaks through people and speak through signs, through crazy random things. But what if in that moment, when you're praying, you allow you you sit there, complete silence, and say, like in First Samuel, Samuel says this when God speaks to him, he says. He said, speak, your servant is listening. And so if we get in that mindset in the secret place of, of Lord, like speak, your servant is listening and just wait. Like I said earlier, sheep know their shepherd's voice and you can hear the voice of God and like he wants to speak to you. And so allow space for that in the secret place. Yeah. Making space is something I'm still learning mm-hmm. and it's gotten better and better. But I just know I can get to the point where all the space is reserved for him and I'm not trying to fill so much because if we just fill all of our time all of our minds capacity with things even good things but not the best thing not what we were made for there's no room for him and it's just so interesting to learn that we can keep making room for him because he wants to pour himself out and he will pour himself out he'll come whenever he wants but also there's the other side of we make room for him and we prepare the way for him. And it's like, okay, like let's say I'm going through something and it's just robbing a lot of my peace. And I'm just like, Lord, give me peace, give me peace, give me peace. Mm. Well, it's, he just wants to give me himself mm. because That's he is good. peace. So and the Bible says those whose mind is fixed on you will keep in perfect peace. Yeah. And it's like I've had a lot of my encounters with the Lord look like me being paralyzed by peace. And every part of my mind, even my body, like I, I will feel tangible peace in my body. Sometimes I'm like walking to class or just going about my day. And I'm like, why do I feel like I just got a massage? Like my whole body feels so relaxed and oh, it's just so good. And you like just feel his peace in your mind. And, and it's just because I'm looking at him. My eyes are set on him. I'm not thinking about what anybody else thinks, the things I have to do, any expectations, it's just him. And then I have everything I need because he's everything we need and it's all about who he is. And um, even just beholding unto becoming is something that my heart has been fascinated by because, well, to, to love him, we have to see him. Like we actually need the Holy Spirit to love him. I can't I can't do anything to make myself love Jesus more um, or to be more effective and useful in the kingdom except for seeing him more and for having more and more revelation of him. And it's as we behold who he is in our lives and we behold his person that we become just like him. I think it's 2 Corinthians 3.18. It says, We all with unveiled faces are looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord and are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. This is from the Lord who is the Spirit. Just that doesn't sound like, what? (laughs) That's crazy. It's so good. Wow. Yeah. And I, I just think like when you're talking is like, you know, and the story get, it gets used all the time, but it's like, uh, you know, the woman with the alabaster jar. And, you know, people around her were like, disciples were like, no, don't do that. Like, you know how much money you could make off, like, selling that? Because, like, back then, like... Mary Bethany. Mm-hmm, Mary Bethany, yeah. And, like, with her alabaster jar with this, like, back then, like, oil was, like, one of the most expensive things. Like, if you had oil and you sold it, like, you were rich back then. And all the disciples were like... No, 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 like, don't pour that out on Jesus' feet. Like, you could sell that. And she just, like, doesn't even say anything back, and she just pours it on his feet. And, like, Stephanie Gretzinger also says this, but she says, all he wants is everything. All he wants is everything. And it, when if, it, and if you hear that and you're like, everything, like, I'm scared to give him everything, then, like I said earlier, like, you need to reframe your mind of, okay, what do I believe who the character of God is? Because there's something in you that if you're scared to give him everything, then there's a lie you're believing about God's character. Because he's merciful, yeah, yeah. he's kind, he's gracious, he's loving, he's perfect, he's all-knowing. Um, he's 
is the Prince of Peace, right? And it's like, he is love, right? Like you read that love passage in First Corinthians, what, 13? It's like, love is patient, love is kind. Replace it with, well, if God is love, that means God is saying God is patient, God is kind. God keeps no records of wrong. And yeah, so just a challenge for everyone listening is like, if you hear that statement, all he wants is everything, and you go, I can't give him everything. You have to see him him rightly. And chances are there's been um, just things of the world or people or trauma that has made you reframe or even the voice of the enemy reframe of a misconception of God's character or you or maybe you've met a Christian, right? Like maybe you're listening and like you're harmed by the church or if you've been harmed by Christians, but like that was people, not Jesus. And yes, yeah, it's so good. Mm-hmm. It's so good. And it all starts with intimacy. Like that, that's where it comes from. And, and the minute you full, it all starts with a full understanding of the true character of God. When you realize there is no, like if there is no good thing apart from him, that means there is no evil that can possibly be with him. That's why he had to cast Adam and Eve out of the garden in the first place was because he literally could not be with sin because he is so holy. And so when you get that mindset of, wow, there's, there's nothing. My mom says this all the time. She goes, I don't like when people say I just need to trust God more because what is there not to trust about him? It's more, I just need to obey God more. I need to walk in obedience. And part of obedience is giving him everything like Mary Bethany did with the alabaster jars. She didn't care who was talking. There was no fear of man. There was no like worry of finances. She was just, I know who this man is. And simply because of who he is, I'm, I'm going to pour this out on him. Mary of Bethany by Eric Gilmore. So good. I've listened to it like three times. It's so good. But as you were talking about Mary Bethany, I was thinking she actually understood that Jesus was worth that full jar of perfume. And I looked it up, and the money value for that jar of perfume was a full year's worth of wages. Jesus was worth a full year's worth of wages of perfume poured on his feet to her. And she wasn't one of the 12 disciples. There's no, I don't think there's any record of her doing anything for Jesus in the Bible. But she, all she was doing was looking at him. And she knew that's what he was worth. And he actually says, and Eric talks about this more in detail in that video, that wherever the gospel is preached she will be remembered so she carries actually the whole point the whole point isn't oh the the gospel and getting to know jesus more so oh so i can prophesy over people better or i can get more influence for the kingdom or more relevance in the kingdom be more useful for the kingdom no those things are great and those are additions but it's him. It's getting him and being in love with him. Yeah. And the whole point is to be in love with him. Yeah, and at the end of the day, if I'm not leading people to just, mm-hmm. I literally pray this all the time, Lord, every word that comes out of my mouth, the way I live and move and breathe and do my life, I just want it to stir people's hunger mm-hmm. for you. Like, I just want people to be like, I cannot wait to get home tonight to spend time with Jesus. I cannot wait to wake up. If it has to be 4 a.m. because of my busy schedule, I cannot wait to get up at 4 a.m. to be with my husband. And it's just, that's the whole point. And I'm I'm honestly so sick of all this extra clutter in Christianity. I'm so sick of the clutter. I don't want anything if it's not leading me to be more in love with him. I don't want it. so good that's so good and jesse you're a pure reflection of that and as you're talking about influences like you will you will like hear me when i say this you will never have influence if you don't have intimacy you can yeah you sure you you will but it won't last and it's like the bible says like pride comes before the fall and you can live on this production of and I have, I've watched this. I've myself done this sometimes where it's like, I live on, I live on my own wisdom. I live on my talents, my giftings. And yeah, the Lord's given me those things, right? But if I'm doing it out of my own thing, it's like, that's going to fall. And it's like, just like you said, like if our goal, like people that are, are put up on these platforms, social media or like well-known preachers or speakers or authors or theologians or whatever, 
if they don't have intimacy, like they're only going to go so far. And just like you said earlier, it's like the Lord's going to, do you want to like gaze into the eyes of the Lord one day? And do you want him to say like, I knew you, I know my daughter, I know my son. And it's not, and again, like it's not this works thing. Like he is the reward. And like, I challenge you, like, go and be with Jesus. And like the Lord convicted me on this a few months ago. And he was like, Anna, like you going out and being with your Christian friends and going to that worship night is so amazing. But like, if, am I worth more to you that you would sacrifice a good thing? Worship night with friends, with awesome community. That's great. That's amazing. But the first, the first priority is direct one-on-one in the secret place, Matthew 6, 6 intimacy of like, are you willing to sacrifice a good looking, uh, awesome Christian thing for just in your room with me for two hours? And, you know, people say, oh, I just need to. Maybe there was a moment he wanted to have with you that night. Yeah. yeah. So sometimes he's like, no. Sometimes he's like, okay, we're doing this right now. It's so good. It's so good. And, like, we talk about this all the time, Jesse, but it's like the production, you produce out of the overflow. Yeah. Out of overflow. Yeah. If anything we do for Jesus is not operating out of the overflow of our intimacy with him, then it's literally religious or striving. I mean, it's great. Well, take that with a grain of salt because it's like, I know this is the right thing to do and I'm going to do the right thing. But as far as actually doing things in the kingdom, if it's not out of overflow, one, it's actually not as effective. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and two, it's out of our own works and striving. Mm-hmm. It's not overflow. Yeah. And overflow, like I said, the Christian life is so easy. Sometimes it's like, yeah. like his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Yeah. You'll get to the point, like I'll get to the point, like I'll just be rushing to class. Like, let's say I woke up 10 minutes later or something didn't go right. I'll just be yeah. rushing to class. And those three minutes of being rushed to my class, I'm like, Lord, I wasn't able to spend those three minutes with you. That's really good. And I think too, like just what you said, like walking to class is like, um, intimacy doesn't have to look like this, like... Okay, like, here's my morning, um, here's X amount of time I have before I get ready and go to class or go to work or whatever your, your schedule looks like. It's, intimacy isn't a section of your day, but it's a foundation and the thing that flow, ebbs and flows throughout your whole day, right? And it's like, I wake up and, like, you, you create these habits of, like, if you've created a habit of not spending time with the Lord, you can create a habit of spending time with the Lord because that's what you were made for. And so it's not impossible. And so you wake up and you go, Lord, I thank you for my day. Thank you for waking me up. Thank you that I have legs that work. Like, and you like mean it. You're like, what yeah, are literally. And it's not just like, oh, I'm just gratitude speaking, whatever, right? But it's like, <laughs> if you really want to walk in gratitude, go to another nation. Go to a third world country. Because you see, I don't know, like I just hear stories and like I've been on a mission trip where it's like, these people have nothing. Like one outfit, they're like literally killing chickens in their backyard for food. There's no markets, no cars, no like extra anything. And you wonder why they're so joyous is like America just has this culture of like, here's everything you need materialistic. And so you don't. Yeah. And so it's like if you're full of everything else, you won't have room for him. And yeah, and it all starts like let the Lord give access. The Lord's a gentleman. He can come. Yeah, he can do whatever he wants, but he's a gentleman. He's not going to come if you don't welcome him. And so prepare a place for him in your heart and in your mind of, when you wake up, Lord, I thank you for my day. I thank you that I have legs that work, that I have whatever, like, you know. And, like, th- you can find gratitude in any situation. Like, the fact that you're living and breathing another day is huge. And, like, throughout your day, like, just like Jesse's saying, like, as you walk to class, like, thank you, Lord, for this walk. Thank you for these trees. Like, I, I had, a like, two, three weeks, I remember, for a month where I just, like, the Lord met me in his creation. Where, like, I would look at a tree and just cry and go, wow, Lord, you're so intricate. Like, the fact that this tree just, like, is alive, but, like, not a human, but it just, like, lives because you created it to live. <laughs> like, and there's a, there's so many verses in Psalms where it's, like, and there's that song where it's, like, I won't let the rocks cry out for me, right? Um, It's, like, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And it's, like, there's these songs and then these, these scripture in Psalms where it talks about how um, creation will cry out and, like, will worship the Lord. And, like, do you want creation to cry out to the Lord more than you do? Like, God created everything he called it good but he called humans very good like when he created him he said this is very good because we are his utmost like creation like we're the ones that are in internal relationship and intimacy with him when we get to heaven and 
yeah so like just intimacy yeah like there's no formula but like make it flow throughout your whole day like when you're in class pray for your professor when you're at work pray for the people around you like if you want to talk about this is a whole other a whole other conversation but if you want to talk about things that change things it's being in consistent habitual prayer over things and you want you can watch things change like I was talking to one of my good friends and he said every missions movement every revival that happens starts out of a prayer movement and he did research on revivals and all of the revivals started with prayer you know how the bible says as you're talking about prayer i was thinking of this the bible says literally asking you shall receive mm-hmm. people are like well i pray yeah. things and i don't get them yeah. but michael michael Coliano said oh my gosh i forgot about this thank you lord for reminding me he goes he answers every prayer when, because the more we are in tune with him and one with him, we only pray the things that he wants. So, of course, we get those things. Yeah. Yeah. That's insane to me yeah. That's so good. that we can act like we actually have access to that. Yeah. I love meeting people that just show me more of the ceiling of like the mm-hmm. ceiling just gets higher of what I have access to because of Jesus. With intimacy, too. Um comes like like you said like asking you shall receive and it's like yeah like our whole intimacy is just to get to know him right but like he's a good father like Matthew 7 talks about like a good father knows how to give his children good gifts um yeah and like just like Matthew 6 6 says is like your father who sees you in circuit will reward you in public just with like the Ephesians 3 20 verse it's like he wants to give you those things because he's a good father and so, like, praying for those things or praying for, like, a job you really want or college you want to get into. And, and the Bible also talks about, like, when you know the Lord and when you're close to the Holy Spirit, His desires become your desires. So you're actually praying the will of the Father already if you're intimate with Him. Um, and so He will give you not only what you're asking for, but way more. Like, way more. Yeah. Well, that was so good. Um yeah, well, praise God. Well, I, I hope you're encouraged. I hope you feel oppressing. I pray, I pray you feel oppressing. And right now, as soon as this, this ends, that you go and sit at the feet with Jesus, whatever that looks like, scripture, journaling, just sitting and praying or just simply listening. Like intimacy is everything and there's no good thing apart from him. Um, and yeah, you literally cannot survive. He is our, our daily bread and our living water. Um, but yeah, Jesse, thank you so much much for being on you're such a blessing and you're a true person that um when i talk to you most people talk to you you can tell that you've been in the secret place well thank you guys for listening i am so glad that you listened all the way through and this is so exciting this being the first podcast if you have any uh suggestions or ideas or things you want me to talk about please let me know but yeah thank you guys so much for listening we will see you next time Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs>